So glad that you're here and glad that you made it. We've been studying what we call the spiritual disciplines uh, for the last few weeks. I want to remind you uh, of, of our definition of those spiritual disciplines. It's intentional ways to open space in my life to encounter God so that He can change me. You see, what I'm trying to do through Bible study and meditation and prayer, reflection on Scripture, is to open that space to encounter God. And God's promise is that He'll change me. Now, you can see the picture up here. We've been using these, these tea bags that are, are plunged in the water. And, and because when, when we begin to practice these things, they begin to permeate our life. And just like the tea is absorbed, the more you put it in there and the more you let it steep, it is absorbed in the water to a point where you can't tell the difference. When we begin to practice spiritual disciplines, God is absorbed into our life so that we become more and more like Him. Now, I want to say a few things about this. Um, because it's so important that we be intentional about this. I mean, you know, to, to many of us, when we talk about Bible study and we talk about prayer and meditation, even last week we, we added a period of silence, it sounds like, well, you know, those I can give or take it. I mean, it's okay if I practice it. It's okay if I don't practice it. My, my challenge today is for you to have some intentional intensity. Here's what I want to say today. If we are not intentional about this, Here's the point. We will not remain neutral, okay? I mean, if you don't have an intentionality about this, you're not just going to remain neutral. You go, well, you know, buddy, uh, I don't have to do these things. You know, I'm a good guy. I go to church. You know, um, you know yeah, maybe God doesn't dominate my life as much as those tea bags dominated that water, but, but, but I'm okay without these things. Let me say this. If we are not intentional, our enemy will intentionally destroy us. You, you see, if, if we're not going to be intentional about these things, there is someone who is intentional about it. Catch this. My friends, if you're not inundating your mind with Scripture and prayer and meditation and time with God, listen, it's not going to remain clear. Don't, don't fool yourself to think, well, you know, I know I'm not doing real well with these right now, but it, it's going to remain okay. No, here's what's going to happen. There is someone who is feeding you. There is someone who is attacking your mind. And so what's going to happen is if we don't fill our mind with the things of God, then we are challenged by all the things of this world. I mean, let's think about this for a second. I mean, if you just were to listen to Christian music, all right? Uh, not Christian music, secular music. What kind of impact does that have on your life, on your morals and your beliefs? You know, if you just begin to go to movies, and, and, and you even asked in the movies, okay, could I go to movies and come out with a biblical view of sexuality? A biblical view of what's right and wrong. You see, if not, I'm inundating myself with all of these images and all these views that are completely diametrically opposed to Scripture. If I just watch TV, you know, and just imbibe what happens on TV, what would I think about language? What would I think about honesty? I mean, I'm telling you guys, you begin to watch the news, what kind of life are you going to live? 
I mean, you think you're going to walk away a happy, enthusiastic person, or you can walk away like most Americans today, just at some angry place. I mean, you just read billboards, and what does that do to you? You just listen to the chatter at work, and what's that going to do to you? I mean, just the gossip that goes on. And then on top of all of these things, you know, if we just stay on social media and read the post. Somehow, something, something about social media makes people bold to say things they would never say in other ways. I'm telling you, my friends, what's going to happen is your life is going to be darkened. Don't think just because I'm not practicing these disciplines means that I'm going to be okay without them because there's all kinds of other messages all around you that are filling your mind. Here's, here's what they say. The average person has 50,000 thoughts a day. 50,000 thoughts. Now, what's going to determine what those thoughts are like is what do you feed? Now, here's what fascinates me about this subject is we call it a Facebook feed. We call it a news feed. Listen to me. You are being fed. And most of us are being fed a bunch of bad things, okay? We're being fed bad stuff. Even if we're not intentionally wanting to be fed those things, it's what happens. So today I want to introduce you to the biblical answer to what's going on around you. And the biblical answer is the spiritual discipline of fasting, okay? And this may surprise you. Because fasting is not something we talk about very often. Let's go for a definition of fasting as we begin. Fasting is intentionally giving up normal good activity for the sake of intense spiritual activity. You catch that? Giving up normal good activity for the sake of intense spiritual activity. And and, and fasting can be pretty broad. We, in our terminology, you you might come up with a a friend who says, I'm going on a media fast. Or they put the note on Facebook says, you're not going to hear from me for the next month. I'm going on a Facebook fast. And those things are okay because the Bible does mention other things that are fasting. I mean, listen to this. You know how radical Scripture was about you needed to spend time in prayer? First Corinthians chapter 7, Paul says some of married couples need to fast from sex in order to devote themselves to prayer. And so you may need to do a shopping fast because it dominates your life. You may need to do that media fast. But let's do admit that the most prevalent biblical idea of fasting is the food fast. And that's the one we probably want to talk about the least, right? What what is a food fast all about? It's about emptying yourself so that you can be filled It's about allowing yourself to be hungry so you hunger for God. It's about turning down one of your natural appetites to develop an appetite for God and for his things. So we'll talk about that a little bit today. I think there's some points we need to make about fasting I don't know about you, but I've not heard a lot about fasting in my life. Quite frankly, I don't think I've preached a lot about fasting. But I really do believe, and I hope you'll see this by the end of this message, it is the most intentional, intense way that we seek God through these disciplines.
Now, let's, let's say a few things. First of all, I think it must be said, fasting is not weird, okay? Would you say that with me? Fasting is not, would you say it like you believe it? Fasting is not weird. I don't know about you, but my first reaction to fasting, I mean, I, I grew up, never heard a word about it. And when somebody brought it up in our campus ministry, I thought, this is cultic, man. I got I to gotta get out of here. And then I finally saw, ooh, it's in the Bible. And I thought, no, no, this is Old Testament, and I'm a New Testament Christian. I don't have to practice this. I mean, to, to most of us, this idea of fasting, especially in a world where food is so plentiful, is just foreign to us. We, we almost can't imagine why anybody would even want to do this. But listen to me. In the history of the world, this is not weird. What's weird in the history of the world is a culture that eats three full meals a day. That's weird in history. In the history of of God's people, fasting's not weird. In fact, it's prevalent. Catch this. Fasting is mentioned 77 times in your Bible. If us Church Christ folks, this will be very convicting. Baptism is mentioned 75 times. It's even beaten baptism in numbers. So this is not a weird practice in Scripture. In fact, what we must say today is that fasting's got a bad rap. And then let's just go ahead and say this. It's the most feared and misunderstood of all of the spiritual disciplines. So let's say this. Here's the next point. Fasting is not weird. And here's the point that may surprise you. Fasting is actually expected. Okay? This is not some odd practice for super spiritual people. I think, you know, I'm just, a, I'm just a normal Christian. That's a fanatical Christian who fasts. That's not how Scripture looks at it. In fact, open your Bible with me. Let's, let's just go through what Jesus said about fasting. We're going to start off in Matthew chapter 4, in verse 1 and 2. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Now, at first reading, when I used to read this temptation passage, I thought, it's the fasting that set him up for the temptation. It's the fasting that made him weak. And in some ways, you can make a case for that. But biblically, it was the fasting that prepared him to meet the temptations. It's the fasting that drew him close enough to God so that when Satan threw everything he had, when Satan threw the kitchen sink at him, then Jesus was ready because he had so connected with God. And then flip over a couple of chapters where Jesus talks about fasting. Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. Jesus says the most effective fasting is happens in secrecy, okay? Don't act like you're fasting. You know, don't, don't go into work and say, I'm sorry, guys, but I can't eat any of the snacks today because I am on a very, very intense spiritual fast. No, you don't, you, you don't announce it. You don't come down to breakfast and, and make a big deal about it. Jesus says, you don't, you know, you know, not brush your hair that morning and disfigure your face and look all bad. And so someone might come up, what's wrong with you, buddy? Well, I'm sorry to say this to you, but I'm stressed out fasting. 
Now, Jesus says, don't, don't, don't do that. But he says, if you do that, if you do it for people to notice it, guess what? You got your reward. That's what you wanted, someone to notice. Hey, congratulations. They noticed, but God didn't notice. Then what he says, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. Look decent. So that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. God's going to reward you. Now, but here's what I want you to see. There's a key word used in this passage that may surprise you. The key word is when you fast. Uh, listen, Jesus did not say, okay, guys, this is a sidelight for you super-duper folks who want to push yourself if you fast. No, he said, when you fast. And really, if you look in context, look at this next screen here. I mean, he's saying this in the midst of other spiritual disciplines. When you give. When you pray, when you fast. Now, none of us would go to the Scripture and go, well, you know, giving is optional, praying is optional. But a lot of us go to Scripture and say fasting's optional. But he says the same thing about all three. When you fast, it's something that is simply expected. I mean, keep looking through Scripture. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9. Jesus' disciples are being criticized because they're not fasting like John's disciples were, and the Pharisees. Look at verse 14. Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? I mean, John's disciples were a little bit perturbed. They had been fasting a lot, and Jesus' disciples don't seem to be. Listen to Jesus' answer. How can the guest of the bridegroom mourn when he's with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then, what will they do? They will fast. Jesus said, this is not the time. When I leave, that's going to be the time. Guess what? We are in the time of fasting. Keep looking through Scripture. If we would go to the book of Acts, we see the disciples of Jesus continue to practice this and salt God. Acts chapter 9, Saul of Tarsus has been blinded on the road to Damascus. He is all confused about what this means in seeing Jesus. It's turned his world upside down. What does he do? For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. What's he doing? He's trying to seek God. And he ends up finding God through Jesus Christ and becoming a Christian. And then we see something a little bit different than we've talked about so far, Acts chapter 13, which is a church-wide fast. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Here's an opportunity where a church is trying to decide what to do about mission work and who are they going to send out and when are they going to send them out. So if you really want a clear word from God, you do what they did. They fasted and they prayed. And then it was revealed to them what to do. And so in a form of commissioning, just like we do today, they laid hands on Paul and and Barnabas and sent them off. So there are times where we might know the others fasting because we've as a church have said you know what something's going on we've got a decision to make we've got an issue to face we've got some problems going on 
Now, we've done this here at Landmark quite, quite often. Let's all give a day to fast and pray and to seek the will of God. So, fasting is not weird. Sorry, it's expected. But here's the key to our lesson today. This, this is what you've really, really got to understand if this is going to come home to you. Fasting is to be done for a purpose. It's to be done for a purpose. There's got to be something behind it. L- listen, fasting is not the Christian diet plan. Now, listen to me. If you go home today and you Google fasting, you're going to hear that word used pretty prominently, and it's going to be used about diet plans. And don't get me wrong, fasting has amazing benefits. If you read about it, see, some of us think, oh, this is so weird. It would just destroy my body to not eat for a day or two. No, the truth is it would do a lot of really good things for your body. I mean, it, it's, just, it's, it's proven scientifically that fasting is a very healthy practice physically. But for the Christian, it, it's certainly so much more than that. It, it must have a purpose. If it doesn't have a spiritual purpose, then what you're going to do is you're just going to be hungry, and you're just going to be miserable, and you're going to hate it. You know, I, I fasted not near as much as I should have in my life, and there's been some times where, you know, I got convicted about it, and I fasted, and I, I had no overriding purpose. And, and to be frank with you, you're just watching your watch, counting down the time. I, I, um, I was talking to Tim Genry, our campus ministry in Birmingham the other day, and he was actually in the campus ministry in Tuscaloosa when, when, when I was there, and he reminded me of when we called a three-day fast. We had never fasted. Not a smart way to start. But we started a three-day fast. Oh, it was so hard. And we closed it out at Shoney's Breakfast Bar, <laughs> which is also not a smart way to close it out, okay? But, but we, we, we just knew the Bible said to fast, and so we decided we were going to try it, and wasn't real meaningful. But there are other times in my life where there was something, a big decision I had to make, or there's something bearing down on my family, or something big time happened here at church, and, and you entered the fast with an overriding purpose, and every time you felt those hunger pains, you went to God to fill those pains. Every time you felt empty, you went to God to fill you. You went to God. I can remember fasting before we made a decision to move here. You know, just like, we need some direction. And those kind of fasts are extremely meaningful. And though there's still hunger pains in those things, they actually lead you to be closer to God. So remember, remember our definition of, of fasting. You know, intentionally giving up normal good activity for the sake of intense spiritual activity. I make a decision that I want this, and so I give it up. It's abstinence from food for spiritual purpose. Now, let me give you a list. You can see there's the first five, and you've got all these listed in your copy of Lifelines. The the Bible gives at least, this is probably not exhausted, um, ten purposes for fasting. The number one, all through Scripture, is to intensify prayer. Almost every time in Scripture you see the word fasting, you see prayer associated with it. Now, what happens is fasting changes the way you pray. 
It's not just about you manipulating God to do what you want or you twisting God's arm. God, you, you got to do it because this time I'm fasting. No, it's about you seeking God in such a way that you want His will more than your will. It's to seek God's guidance. You know, Acts chapter 14, verse 23, they were appointing elders for the church, and the church entered into a time of prayer and fasting. It's a time to express repentance. You know, uh, many of our ladies participated this winter in what's called a, a Daniel fast. And just talking to some of them, one of the greatest benefits they received was a cleansing. It certainly does that to you physically. That's what's good for you physically. But even more importantly, it does that for you spiritually. It flushes out those impurities in your life. In that period of fasting, God can reveal to you some things in your life that aren't so good that you need to repent of. And that's the next part there, you know, is to humble yourself. It's just to to let go of some of your appetites that seem to fill you for God. Now, this is extremely important in a culture where, let's be honest, we are gluttonous, we are denialists, and we're self-indulgent. So this is the way I go, you know what, I'm not going to let culture dominate my life. Because here's what happens in culture. When I start feeling empty, I, 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 I quickly... Feel it. I feel it with the, the next TV program. I feel it with the next Netflix deal. I feel it with the, the food that satisfies me. I feel it with running out and going and purchasing something. See, we're, we're taught by our culture. Fasting is the way we fight our culture and the way we escape all of its demands and all of its appetites to really focus on God. And so you can see some other things here to seek revival. I'm telling you, so many of us are so worried about our country. So many of us are probably worried about our families. So many of us may be worried about the church. I'm telling you, the best thing for you to do if you really are concerned about our country is to fast for our country and pray for it. It would be a whole lot more effective than your Facebook post. I mean, fast about it. I mean, be intense about seeking God because that's the answer for our country's problems. It's God. It's a time to worship God. We have that example in Luke of Anna who spent all those years in the temple waiting on Jesus, fasting and worshiping. I can cut out some things in my life so I can completely focus myself on worship. It's a time to search your soul. It's a time to express grief. Often that comes naturally. You've lost someone and you just don't want to eat. And and so you just grieve through that. It's a way to overcome temptation like Jesus. If you've got something, you know, maybe an addiction that's overcome your life, it's a way to seek deliverance. So fasting is certainly a way for us to seek the purposes of God. And let me go ahead and say this one more time. If you don't do it, with an intense purpose, you're not going to like it. But if you meet God in this place, it'll be a practice you will continue to practice. Now let's make a couple more points. Fasting is an answer to our time excuse. I've been in a lot of small groups over the last few weeks while we talk about the need of Bible study and prayer and quietness and meditation, silence. I don't know how many times I've heard 
And I've said the same thing before. I love these ideas, buddy. I know this is good, but I just don't have time. And that may be true. Normally, we make time for what we got to do. But let's assume for a moment that's a, that's, a, that's a legitimate excuse. Your life is so cram-packed, you don't have 30 minutes to sit down and read your Bible in prayer and meditate. Listen to me, my friends. Fasting is an answer to that. Because here's what happens when you fast, is you give up what you're normally doing. And you don't just not do it, you devote that time to God. Let's say you're having a hard time getting your quiet time in. Skip lunch and devoted to Bible study and prayer and meditation. Or maybe even better, let's think about if, if you normally cook your evening meal. Wow, listen to that. If it's dripping on you, you have permission to move, okay? We know this place, this place leaks at times. But listen, let, let's say you, um, you normally cook, eat, and clean up. Most of us, that's a couple hours at least. How about if you skip the evening meal and devoted it to worshiping God? How about if you skip that and devoted it to that quiet time with the Lord? You see, guys, if, 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 if truly your life is too busy, I know many of you are extremely busy. If, 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 if you're, you're saying, I don't have time for these things that are so important for me spiritually, then fasting's your answer. It's not just, again, if you just skip, you know, if you just skip lunch just to skip lunch because you want to fast, who cares? You're going to do it. But if you skip lunch to get in the corner of your office and spend time with God, then you got something extremely powerful. And then last point here, fasting is rewarded by God. It's rewarded by God. Remember what Jesus said, your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. How will he reward you? Well, look at those 10 things we just mentioned. I mean, you're going to get the answer to many of those things that you seek. But I don't believe, I don't really believe that's the greatest reward. The greatest reward of fasting is that you are going to meet God himself. The greatest reward will not necessarily be what he does for you. The greatest reward is that you will encounter him in a more intense, deeper way. And so what you're going to walk away from it is you're going to walk away full of God. There's no one who's written more about spiritual disciplines than a a man named Richard Foster. And I love his simple line about fasting. He says this, fasting is is feasting. Fasting is feasting on God. Fasting is making room in my life to encounter God in a fresh way. And so that's going to be the greatest benefit that you receive, is that you're going to meet God in that way. So here's what we're talking about. Here's our title of our message today, Intentional Intensity. Intentional means you make a choice. Intensity means that there's a fervency, a focus about it. And and fasting is one of those ways where you up your intensity. Maybe for some of you who are reading your Bible and praying and meditating, but it doesn't seem to be what you want it to be. Fasting's a way to up it. it. It's like the difference in two jumps in the Olympics. You've got the high jump, okay, 
Have you ever watched the high jump? Let's show a picture of the high jump. We got it up there. I mean, man, it's amazing. But you know the high jump record, world record, is eight feet and a fourth inch. But if, if you want to up your height, if you want to jump to heights you could never do on your own, you might want to try pole vaulting. Because the world record in pole vaulting is 20 feet, two and a half inches. And my friends, that's the purpose of fasting. It's to take you from the level you are to a higher level with God. It's the way that you up your game. You intensify what you're doing for a period of time to seek God. And so it's got to be intentional intensity. Now let's go back to the way we began this message. My friends, listen to me. If you're not intentional about this, your life is going to be darkened. Because there is someone out there, the evil one, who is intentional. See, sometimes we we think, okay, I'm a good person. I go to church and I love God and I'd like to do the right things and I'd like God to work in my life. And if God wants to work in my life, then God will just zap me and I'm just floating around. And yeah, buddy, I hear all this stuff you're saying about Bible study and prayer and meditation, but I'm I'm not quite there yet. And so I'm just, listen, listen to me, my friends. To reject God, you don't have to go off in some kind of rebellious sin. You don't have to go get drunk every night. You don't have to be, you know, commit adultery. You don't have to start lying to everybody at work. I mean, you don't have to reject God to lose God. You can lose him. I just neglected him. If you plant a garden this spring, my friends, the, the way to destroy that garden, you don't have to go out, you know, with a hoe and chop it all up and destroy it. You know what all you got to do is just neglect it, and the weeds will take over. And my friends, for us to not be where we need to be spiritually, you don't have to come to a decision. I'm just tired of this. I don't want this. Forget you, God. I'm not listening to what your Bible says about prayer, meditation, or fasting, certainly. I'm not listening to that. No. All you got to do is just not be intentional. And so what's needed among God's people Because it's not that we're not good people. It's not that we don't want good things. It's not that our morals might not be a little bit better than other people's morals. What I think is missing among us, among me, is that so often we're just not real intentional. And we certainly aren't intense. And in the midst of us not being intentional and intense, Satan is. Because you're not going to go through this life. You're not going to live through today or tomorrow without all kinds of messages being put in your mind. And the question is, do we have the courage and the guts and the love for God to go, you know what, I don't want the message of the world to dominate me. I ask you today, look at the church. Who's, who's having more influence on us and our beliefs, God's word or the world? I'm telling you, there's a good case can be made as the world. Look what's going on with our children and to, to, to overcome that, that's what these spiritual disciplines are all about. And, and today, maybe you have found yourself, you didn't make a decision to reject God, but you find yourself, as Scripture would say, you are drifting, you're slowly going in the wrong uh, Today, could you be intentional? Maybe this time on the front row is your way of intentionally saying, you know what, I've been trying on my own to get back on track, but I can't get on track. But I tell you what would be intense is for the whole church to pray for me today. Just the whole church to join together is one. That's intense. That's intentional. 
then I'm, I'm going I'm to make my mind up to walk out of here and this not be the only time I meet with God this week. And here's the great news. The great news is God will reward you. And the greatest reward is that you will walk hand in hand with him through your life. And there's nothing better than that. So today, if there's something you need us to pray about, or today's the day that you're ready to follow Jesus, make that decision today while we stand together and sing.